Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Today we're jumping into Remain How, part two, a question we ask, um, talking about how can we remain in our relationship with Jesus. And so, um, as always, man, subscribe to our channel so you can get these uh, videos, updates, all that stuff. Follow us on social media. Make sure you're sharing uh, anything that speaks to you that you think is going to speak to somebody else because we want to help people move forward in their faith. And so uh, anytime anyone helps us get the word out, it's much appreciated. And so uh, looking forward to jumping into today. I love what we get to do right now because we're taking time to reflect um, from being so busy. And uh, we're taking uh, a look at how we can better remain in our relationship with God. And so all that is rooted in um, John chapter 15, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And so uh, part two, uh, we are going to recap Luke 10, 38 through 42 and finish up the teaching on Mary and Martha before we jump into three, four, and five. And so Luke 10, 38 through 42 says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha uh, welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. And what we saw in verse 39 was that uh, Mary chose to remain in Jesus. But Martha was the jittery type and was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair that you, uh, to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken from her. Busy today, finally. Busy does not mean important. Busy means distracted. And that was our walk away from our intro was, don't be distracted by what you do. And so then, we all like to use busy as an excuse we kind of like to stay locked into what we want, which is which is just kind of how we roll. And busy makes us feel important. In a way, using the excuse of being busy makes us feel good, right? And so the root of busy, whether we want to admit it or not, comes down to not feeling good enough, right? I've got to do something to to give me a give me a way. We have to justify our what, and how we justify our what is just saying we're busy. This is what I did. So I'm just speaking from experience. We need to be recognized. We want to be in demand and we want people to know about it. We need to be recognized. We want to be in demand and we want to let people know about it. We love the feeling. uh, So we set a pace to keep up with the expectation that we've created for ourselves. We create the demand, but we can't keep up with the demand that we've created. We create the demand, but we can't keep up with the demand that we created. So let's take some time just to reflect why. Why do we create such a great demand on our time? Why do we feel our calendars so full and race and run? As our calendars are cleared right now and we have an opportunity to be, why are we going nuts? We're calling it bored or what, right? 
but it's uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable because as a country, we're just not very good at doing it, right? We have to go. We live a very, very fast-paced life. And so then the second question is not just why do you stack it so thick, but two, what are you chasing? What are you chasing in that? And here's what got me. It's a bigger question. 10 years from now, is what you're chasing going to be worth it? When you've bulldozed your way to the top or, um, you know, got what you thought, will it be worth it? Or will the people around you feel like they've been neglected? Will it be worth it or will you be alone? But be it top of the mountain are the people who are with you now going to be there when you get there in 10 years? Will it be worth it? Who do you see with you in 10 years if you keep the pace that you're on? Who do you see with you in two years if you keep the pace that you're on? You have a great opportunity right now. Ease back. Taking some time to reflect. This is really good, right? This is one of the biggest reasons our divorce rate in America is so high because people run. Busy, 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 busy. Get home. Hey, how are you? Good, good. All right. See you in the morning. Wake up. Coffee. Going to work. See you. Back. And then what happens is we don't even know each other anymore because we've lost our who's for what? Busy. Busy. Have you ever actually achieved what you set out to do? Right. And didn't you like think that like it was going to be like this big, momentous, like monumental awesome thing and then only when you achieved it, you thought that's that's not what I thought it was going to be it was like I thought we we're going to have this and this and this and the reality for me was when I would when I would achieve something when we would get something done I would say oh well <laughs> tell you what we should have done this this and this we could have this next time we do this I tell you what we better be doing we better do this this and this and it'll be better next time right gotta be better next time and so isn't it crazy no matter what the accomplishment is, it's never enough. Even Martha couldn't do enough for Jesus, and she was in her house. She was in her house. God created us as human beings, not human doings. Genesis 2.7 says that God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life, and he became a living being, Right? God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Human beings, not human doings. Remember, our expectations lead to our greatest frustrations. When you get there, it won't be what you thought. In 2009, I was fortunate enough to be on a state championship football team. And I'll never forget, it's week 15, we've played we played a season and a half, and there's 39 seconds on the clock. The clock is winding down. We're up by 40 points. And I just have this empty feeling. And I go over to our head coach, and I say, hey, this is it. Like, this is it. And he said, <laughs> in his wise ways, he said, it's not about this game. It's about getting here. It's true. It's the journey. It was 
the 14 weeks leading up to that 15th week. It wasn't the game. And I thought to myself, wow, I have so many friends who are coaches who are hanging their life on this trophy, who think if I can just win a gold ball, if I can just do this, and the reality is if you did do that, there would be something else. And you would say, well, you take one week off and you got to get ready for next year, right? And that's just what we do. So you tell yourself it can be better. I just need to do more. You know, there's always these, these ways to justify what we do or how we do it or what's going to make it better. Busy doesn't buy peace, though. Jesus does. Busy doesn't buy peace. Jesus does. John 14, 1, remember, it says, Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God and also believe in me. Peace, your heart, don't let your heart become troubled. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, be courageous. I have conquered the world. I've told you these things so you will have peace. Peace is found in Jesus, not in an accomplishment, right? The reality is, is when uh, is we all have the freedom of choice, right? And so you move past that and you think, okay, well, Thank God we're not all robots, right? So we all have the opportunity to choose, right? That means God will never keep you from anything. You have the choice to do as much as you want, as fast as you want, as long as you want. But you're the one who has to keep up with you. And what you need to ask yourself is, in is in the end, will it all be worth it? Is what I'm doing, will it be worth it? And what I hope that you see today is everything that we're chasing is found in Jesus, Everything that we're chasing is found in remaining in a relationship with the one who created us, right? And so, he's the peace you're looking for. He's the love that you're seeking. He is the what that you need. What we are chasing is him. It's not about how much good you can do. And what you need to know, if it's not rooted in who put you here, it's not rooted in Jesus. It's not rooted in God, right? Sorry. It's not rooted in who put you here. It's not going to amount to much. If God's not in it from the beginning, he will not be in it at all. And that's where most of our frustrations lie. Because that's the truth. If God's not in it from the start, he won't be in it at all. But we're frustrated because we don't see God in any of our circumstances, right? Yeah, big or small, right? And we ask, well, why isn't God doing? Why isn't God helping me? Why isn't he doing this for me? Why isn't he bringing this to me? Why isn't he bringing her or him, etc.? God, why aren't you doing this for me, right? And it's because we've created a pace or you've created a pace. You've created an expectation that's not what God's expectation or pace is for you. If you never consult with God from the beginning, you can't expect him to be in, in the end, right? God didn't create you to keep up with you. He created you to be in a relationship with you. He created you to be in community with you. Because busy comes with a price. Busy comes with a price. It costs us something. Here's what it costs us. We lose focus of what matters. We lose direction, which means our wants take priority. We lose production. More becomes less. And busy becomes our excuse. We lose relationships. 
They can't keep up with us, so they suffer, or we run off and leave them. Or we run off, so they leave, right? Forget human interaction. We have our head down doing, which leads us to disconnect from our emotional health, okay? We suffer lack of sleep, rushed mornings, extreme need for caffeine, and the world is drinking more energy drinks than they ever have. You remember when Mountain Dew was the only energy drink? <laughs> Here's what technology has done. We're more connected today than we ever have been. We have instant 24-7 access to the whole world. Nonstop. But we're more disconnected in our homes than we ever have been before. Why? This is why we're equipping you with how to lead those 15-minute conversations around your table over breakfast or a meal or in your living room or wherever. This is why we're doing that, because we know that we're more disconnected at home than we ever have been, because we're more connected like this, through a screen. We live disconnected because of doing. When we come to a time where our pace slows down, it's uncomfortable. And so we check our phone, we check our email, we check our text. We feel a fake vibration in our pocket. We hear a fake ding. Was that your phone? Was that my phone? You feel that? I get text? I don't know. All because there has to be something going on. We're so busy. We're so busy that our kids are being parented by screens. They can't connect with others because they don't even connect with their parents. This leads us, leads all of us, including our kids, to feel alone. And lonely is never good. I don't know if you've seen the stats, but it's bad. Lonely leads to negative behavior that trends toward bad mistakes, bad attitudes, and addictions. But we blame busy for it, right? We blame being busy. Then we're too tired, and then we're getting old. Then we're busy, too tired, and too old, right? But we don't, it's not us. It's not my fault. Right? There are, only, there are only ever 24 hours in a day. And your day means nothing without you in it, right? So then, who needs you today? Not what needs you. The what can wait. Are not all of our what's for the most part waiting right now? A lot of what's are waiting. And now we have some who's looking at us. We have who's looking at us. So Matthew eleven twenty eight in the home and says, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's not a negotiation. That's not like, ah, when I feel like it. That's not a negotiation. We can't come to God with a time frame. We're busy. With our fists, with our fists clenched. You need to be free and open-handed. Free and open-handed. Isn't that how a dad receives a child? Free and open-handed. This is how we are to come to God. This is how we remain. Kaz, last night, it was thundering outside. When Kaz was a little bitty baby, thunder was like kryptonite for him, right? So last night, it's thundering, and I hear these pitter-patters in, and Kaz just wakes me up. He says, hey, I hear thunder. I said, come on in here, buddy. Cuddle him right up. Make sure he feels safe. This is what God wants to do with you. This is what God wants to do with you. Uh, you find it in uh, Romans 15, 7. God's already accepted you. Romans 15 says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. He's just waiting for you to receive him. He's just waiting for you to receive him. 
So here's step two of how to remain in Christ. Again, this is how we stay rooted in relationship. Be reverent. Be reverent. Number two, this is an attitude principle. Be reverent. What does that mean? To have high regard and deep and solemn respect for. Why do we do this? It's in Habakkuk 2.20. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Be reverent. How do we do this? Consider who you're meeting with. Prepare your heart by being still before him. And let the quietness of where you're at clear your thoughts. I have this on PDF. If you want it, email me and I'll send it to you. Dusty at liveredefined.com. What are the steps to this? Now that we know the what and the why and the how, what are the steps? This is Psalms 104. Be grateful. Thanksgiving. Praise. Be grateful. Remember, you're in a relationship. You're living in a relationship. You're engaging in a relationship. See the opportunity and purpose in why you are meeting in the why. And also, who, right? Take time to pray and worship, and then self-talk and daily affirmations. I'm going to cover those just briefly, okay? Your next step is to be consistent in this. And so your example is to pray. This is for just regular prayer life. If you're taking notes, I'm just going to rattle through these. Again, if you want these back, you can always pause and rewind and all that. You can start with the Lord's Prayer. This is found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespasses against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is kingdom power and glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. Lord's Prayer. I start the day like that. Come with thanksgiving. Talk about your life. The opportunity that today brings. God woke you up today. You have breath. That means there's an opportunity. That means there's something great that God wants to do through you today. Right? Thank God for how he sees you. For how he loves you. And ask him to help him, uh, help you be like him today. Pray over yourself. Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourself and then to the flock. Pray over your wife, over your kids, your family, your friends. Pray for forgiveness of any of your mistakes or sins. Pray for your finances. Pray for your leadership. Leadership as a husband, as a father, as a boss, as a leader, pastor, co-worker, whatever. Then what else? I pray for my team. I pray for my community. I pray for my city. I pray for my church. Okay? Always pray for your church. You know what I'm saying? Always pray for your pastor. Uh, Self-talk. This is those self-talk or daily affirmations. We talked about this last week. Um, so if you get the, uh, the entire message is uh, on YouTube. And so you can watch that already. And uh, if you're not following us on social media, you can go to either, Inst uh, yeah, all four of them. You can go any social media platform, Instagram, um, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, or um, Tumblr, or it doesn't matter. But I've got some great graphics that we posted on there that are going to help you uh, kind of understand how to self-talk, right? And so that self-talk is this. Think it, speak it, believe it, and live it. And there are two scriptures to go with each of those that back up why God's telling us to operate in that manner. 
right? And so then the last thing is this, is self-talk. This is daily affirmations. Man, if 80% of your self-talk is negative, if when you're alone and your mouth is shut, what's going on in your head is negative, then we have to battle that. That's why we think positive. We're always going to fight a negative thought with a positive thought. We're going to speak that positive thought into action. We're going to believe it as we see it because that's what the Bible says. And then we're going to live it because the Bible says we shall have whatsoever we say. Right? So that's why. And so then these daily affirmations are this. And this is my daily affirmation. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. You can have this if you want it. God, be the center and the focus of my life, my marriage, my fatherhood, my finances, and my leadership. God, thank you that you are with me and you are for me. Because you are, no one can be against me today. God in me is greater than anything that comes against me. He who is for you, right? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. It's not my talent, my wisdom, or my strength, but God's spirit that I succeed in life. Think it. This is Philippians 4, 8 and 3, 2. Live it. This is 1 Timothy 4.12. I'm an example of a believer in word, deed, purity, charity, faith, and everything that I do. I'm, a, I'm an example. And uh, Psalms 119, Lord, let my actions consistently reflect your principles. Self-talk, daily affirmations. Lead it. I lead a life worthy of my calling, for I have been called by God. Ephesians 4.1. God says the same for you. Wisdom. God's wisdom in me provides guidance, insight, and discernment every year of my life. It gives me foresight and understanding concerning all issues that come before me. Peace. God is working for me, with me, and in me to fulfill his plan and purpose for my life. God will work all things out for my good. This is from John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. My health. I will discipline my life so that I obtain ultimate Optimum performance, mentally, physically, and spiritually. I make quality decisions regarding my health. God has given me healthy bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, muscles, and organs. All of my systems function properly. I have a healthy heart and the mind of Christ. God's uh, strength. His strength rises up in me. He puts me above my feelings. I am strong in my spirit. I am strong in my mind. And I am strong in my body. God increases my strength. Therefore, I am not weary. All based on scripture. My finances. God is my source of supply. He will never let me down. Humility and trust in the Lord bring honor and wealth and life. It's Proverbs 22.4. Favor. God's favor takes me where my own ability and wisdom cannot. God's favor opens doors of opportunity to me on a regular basis. God puts me in the right place at the right time. I have God's favor. My mind, but the comfort of the Holy Spirit, who, who God sends to me in Jesus' name, shall teach me all things and bring all things to my remembrance. That's John 14.26. I will remember everything that God has said to me. That goes directly with my chair time and what I read that day. These two are probably the biggest ones. This is for my kids. My kids have God's nature in their heart and they have a pleasant disposition. Favor surrounds them like a shield. They are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and obey His voice. They put God's word first and accept it, above all, and accept it as final authority. They are bold in their faith and will gladly share it with others. God's plan for my kids is bigger and better than mine. I trust him with them. As a husband and a parent, I am loving, caring, and compassionate. I live a spirit-controlled life. I am peaceful, consistent, and faithful. My presence brings peace to my home, and I walk in love at all times. My presence brings peace to my home. I had to write that down. I am sensitive to the needs of my wife and my kids. I have God's wisdom and discernment on how all of my decisions affect their life. 
I encourage and inspire my family to do the will of God. I refuse to criticize or complain. My wife and my kids are a gift from God. I will treat them that way. And I will honor and I will respect them. I will live and lead a godly life. I will be an example of who God is. And I will model the truth and principles of God's word. I am who my wife needs me to be. I am who I want my kids to be. And that's an idea of how to remain by being reverent. But you've got to get to that place where you see God's in all of this. God's in all this. Hope this helps you today. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you that I had the opportunity to share once again what it means to have uh, great self-talks and daily affirmations, Lord, scriptures that you have given to us that brought to life that I've seen work in my life over and over and over. Lord, I'm grateful for uh, the opportunity that we have, Lord, to just dig deeper and what it means to remain in you, to remain in a constant and a consistent relationship with you. Thanks for helping people to take inches and steps forward in their faith with you, Father God, that your relationship will become real, that you will ignite the fire inside of them, Lord, to dig deeper and to go farther with you because you're alive in them and your word is alive. Thanks for helping us to engage with you, Lord. Help us all to be consistent. Lord, I thank you for continuing to work in and through each of us as we work through our current circumstance with this coronavirus. And I thank you, Lord, for bringing a solution. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.